what I preached uh, or sent out this morning as a verse. And uh, I want to put the background up so you can see it. And I want us to realize um, this, is, this is what it's all about right here. Jesus only. Okay? This is so important. Now, when, when we say that, we've got to understand our faith is in God, but Jesus is God. Amen? How many know that? And I'm going to reference some other scriptures tonight, but I, I sent this out this morning, and this is not something new. This is not a new uh, problem. This has always been something that we've had to deal with in, in our world, as we know from the Bible written 2,000 years ago in the New Testament. But John is speaking something here in the New Testament, Second John chapter 1, and he's saying that we need to watch out for deceivers. Now, whenever the Bible says to watch out for deceivers, that means that there can be people that can be deceived. He wouldn't say watch out for deceivers if there wasn't a problem of people being deceived. And there's many, many, many scriptures in here in the Bible where the Bible talks about people who have quickly gone away from the teaching of the truth. And I just want to continue to reiterate in your spirits as a church that we've got to understand there is only one way to be saved. There is only one door. There is only one name that we can be saved by, and that name is Jesus. Amen. There's no other name. And so we're going to start off right here in, in verse 7 of 2 John chapter 1. It says, For many deceivers have gone out into the world. Now watch this. Who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Let's pray real quick. Father, I pray tonight on this Wednesday night, first of all, I thank you for bringing all these people into this service for great praise and worship. I thank you that our spirits are open today, ready to receive the truth of your word. And we ask that you would anoint my words and, Lord, that we would leave different than when we came in. We would leave uh, challenged. We would leave growing. We would leave uh, full of faith and full of power. And know that we know the truth tonight because your word is truth. And we come against every spirit of deception, every spirit of the enemy. And we pray for your power and your will to be f uh, fulfilled in our lives tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said? Let's read this again. For many deceivers have gone out into the world and who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. The antichrist word is sometimes sounds weird, but it's very simple. Antichrist. It's against Jesus. Any teaching, listen closely to this, any teaching, any teaching, I mean, if I taught it, any teaching that is anti-Christ is not of God. Meaning that you add or take away from the equation, Jesus is not of God. That's what he's saying here in the scripture. And, and he's making it very clear. And he said, so he says, this, there's something that's very clear here and important. He says, anybody who does not confess that Jesus Christ came in the flesh is antichrist. Now what that means is, Jesus is God. And God was manifested in the, in the flesh through Jesus. 
And we know the Bible speaks of a trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It's not hard to understand the trinity. I'm not going to go into that tonight, but I am three people, although you see one. There's three of me, my body, soul, and spirit. And so you see there's three of me and there's three of you, although you only see one. And, and, and so we're one, he, God is one but manifested in three different people. Three different personalities, three not not just three pieces, but three different things that are separate. Separate, and so God came out of heaven, left heaven, and came down in a physical body. If you take away the fact that Jesus Christ was God, we have no salvation. Okay, we have no salvation. How many are with me so far? It's very important that we understand what this is saying. Anyone who does not confess that Jesus Christ came in the flesh is a deceiver and an antichrist. So this is a a very important teaching for us, and and I'm going to give you a word here in a second that's in the Scriptures that's very important. This is is doctrine. This is fundamental truth. I thought about the title, and a lot of times I try to think of something that you can remember. I thought about putting... uh, uh, just truth. I had different thoughts, but I just want us to focus on this because if you stay on that right there, you can't lose. If you get outside of that, you can lose. Jesus only. And so God himself, who is Jesus, but is also God the Father and also God the Holy Spirit, said, and and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but just for example, matter of fact, this isn't in my notes, John 3.16 said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So God himself is saying that he sent his son. And so we're seeing there the, 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 the Trinity, and, and we're seeing the, 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 the Father speaking about the Son. He gave his son, and so he is saying, God is saying, that Jesus is salvation. That whosoever would believe on him, God is saying whosoever would believe on him, not on me, God the Father, would would not perish but have everlasting life. And so our salvation is not just that we believe in God, but our salvation is that we believe in Jesus Christ, that he came down in the flesh, was born of a virgin. I'm just going to throw out some doctrine to you tonight, real elementary, because let me tell you something. A lot of times we can get to where, man, I need, I need some deeper word. I need, sometimes we want some deeper word, and we don't have the, the fundamentals. A lot of people want to do a lot of things, but they don't have the fundamentals. In sports, a lot of times people start doing, wanting, to, wanting to do a new move or, 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 or do something new, and, and they begin to get out on their own, and they begin to play bad, and the coach will say, we need to get back to the basics. We need to get back to making layups in basketball. We need to get back to tackling people in football. Whatever it is, you, however you want to say that, there's fundamentals, and we need to make sure that we aren't ever being pulled away from the fundamental that Jesus Christ came from heaven, born of a virgin, lived a perfect life in a fleshly body, went to the cross, took our, our penalty of sin upon his life, died on the cross for us, rose from the dead after three days, and ascended into heaven. You want to know what doctrine is? That's, that, that's doctrine right there. And each one of those have a doctrinal principle to it. If you don't believe, for example, so I just said, God came from heaven in the flesh. That's one. He was born of a virgin. That's two. He lived a perfect life. That's three. 
Uh, I could throw other ones in, but I'm not. There's more, but I'm just giving you these ones. He died on the cross for our sins. That's four. Is that four or five? Four. He died on the cross for our sins. That's four. He rose from the dead. That's five. He ascended into heaven and is at the right hand of the Father. That's six. So I just told you six things. It. Uh, 90% doesn't work in salvation. If you believe five of those and don't believe all six, you're not saved. There's no curve. I can't believe that God came from heaven, and I can't believe that he, he, he was born of a virgin, and I can't believe that he, that he lived a perfect life, but he didn't die, or I can't believe that he died, but he didn't live a perfect life, or I can't believe that he wasn't born of a virgin. I can't take one of those things away and still be saved. That's doctrine. It's doctrine. It's fundamental. Can't, can't remove it. Does that make sense? It's like when you go to remove a wall in a house, you can't, I, you can't pull that pole out right there. That pole right there, if we pull that pole out, the whole thing's coming down. When you go to you move a wall, there's weight-bearing walls in a house. You can't move them. Can't move the columns. Can't move the foundation or everything falls. And so there's foundational beliefs that we have, and we have to understand that Jesus is the only, why am I saying only? Jesus is the only way to be saved. The only way to be saved. There is no second or third or fourth or one and a half or nothing. It's only Jesus. And God himself said that. For, God, for I, God, so loved the world that I gave my only son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Let's read on. Verse 8, look to yourselves. That we do not lose those things we worked for, but that we may receive a full reward, as Robert mentioned at the offering. There's a reward coming for us when we hold on to the things of Jesus. Whoever transgresses, and watch this word, and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ, does not have God. Did you see that? Whoever does not abide, meaning stay in, follow, obey the doctrine of Jesus Christ, I just gave you them, does not have God. So I can shout all day long, I love God, I love God. This is the prop, this is where the rubber meets the road in religion. I believe in God, and you believe in God. We believe in God. If you don't believe in the doctrine of Jesus Christ, let me say it again, just in case you forgot, that he came from heaven, that he was born of a virgin, that he lived a sinless life, that he died on the cross for my sins, that he rose from the dead from that grave, and he ascended back into heaven. If I don't believe those things I am not saved. I cannot be saved. I will not be saved. Not because someone else says, well, that, I just don't really agree with that. Well, listen, you can take that up with God. God says here, if you don't believe in the doctrine and abide, meaning stay in the doctrine of Christ, watch, he says, he who abides in the doctrine of Christ has who? Both the Father and the Son both the Father and the Son. Y'all with me? If anyone, somebody say anyone, comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, do I need to say it again? Or do we got it? We got it, right? Okay, this doctrine, 
If anybody comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, do not receive him into your house nor greet him. That's pretty strong. And look what it says in the next verse. For he who greets him shares in his evil deeds. God's word's pretty strong. If you, he's saying, if you mess with the doctrine of my son, if you mess with the salvation that I have placed, if you, if you fool around with that, you are going to be sharing in the evil deeds of those people. And so I'm reading this because this is just one text of the many, especially in the end of the New Testament, where Paul and Timothy and John and Peter are warning, 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 don't run away from what I've taught you. Don't run away from the truth. Don't listen to things that sound good. Don't, don't be confused. There's people today preaching, uh, I forgot the name, but it's a combination of Islam and Christianity together. There's people preaching that there's many ways to get to heaven and that you can get to Jesus many ways. You can get to God many ways. But if you want to write this down in your notes, John 14, 6, I just want to make sure everybody knows this verse. And I want you to look at it real quick. And then we're going to finish up in John 15. Everybody just go to John 14 real quick. So, so there's people preaching that there's many ways to get to God and many ways to get to heaven and many ways to be saved. But let's see what God's word says. So, Back right before we read this, back in what we just read in 2 John there, what did it say? He who believes this has what? The Father and the Son. The Father and the Son. Not the Father or the Son, but the Father and the Son. You're going to see some importance there that God is stating that there's a relationship. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now, it would be crazy to tell you tonight, can you imagine me telling you that I've been here this whole service physically, but mentally I stayed home? Wouldn't that be crazy? I'm not really here. My, my, my mind is at home. And matter of fact, I left my soul at the gym this morning. Right? You, right? I can't, I can't, I'm not God. I can't be three places at three times, at three places at, th at three different, at one time. I'm not, I'm not that way. God is omnipresent. But what I'm trying to get you to understand is you can't break, I can't break myself apart. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, three in one, one in three. They're inseparable. So you can't believe in God the Father and not believe in God the Son. And he states that there. He who believes the doctrine of Christ has the Father and the Son. There are people who try to break it down. And, well, I just, I, there are people who only, when I say Jesus only, I might have scared some of you. There is a belief of Jesus only, meaning that God is Jesus, but not, they don't believe in the Trinity. Just Jesus. He's God, and that's not biblical. I can't believe that Jesus is God without God the Father. Because, again, that would, that would be you believing that I'm here, but my mind is at home. I got to be here, body, soul, and spirit. I got all three got to be here. Can't have just part of me. I, I am three people. Do you understand that tonight? We are three. We are made that way in God's image, the Bible says. So he says, he who believes in this has the Father and the Son. Now watch what God says 
I'm sorry, Jesus says, God, Jesus says in verse 6, you've heard it before. Jesus said to him, I am the way. Now, just, just look at that good and make sure that you don't see something in there that says, I am one of the ways. Anybody got a Bible that says, I am one of the ways? It says, I am the way. I am one of the truths. I am the truth. I am the life. Now watch this. No one, no one, just like anyone means anyone, and everyone means everyone, no one means no one. He says, no one comes to the Father except through me, the Son. See the relationship? I'm telling you, there's many religions, there's many teachings, there's many uh, cults, there's many things that teach all kinds of, they try to break it up and they try to tear it apart and they, God this and Jesus that and the Father this and the Son this and no, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Three in one, one in three. Now look over at John 15. How many with me so far? Verse one, John 15, verse one. When it comes to salvation, church, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Now, that's really the case in a lot of things in life, but it's especially the case in in, in salvation. It's not what I know, it's who I know. And so a lot of people, what does that mean? A lot of people know a lot of stuff. I know people that know a lot of stuff. They know a lot of stuff. They just know, know, know. They K-N-O-W, not know, not N-O. They know a lot of stuff. They are knowledgeable people. But their knowledge will not get them into heaven. It's not what they know. It's who they know. Call on the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. John 15, I, Jesus says, I am the true vine. Now, this is interesting. Here we go again. There must be something God is trying to press into our spirits. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he, the Father, takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. Does anybody know what it's like to be pruned? If you you don't know what it's like to be pruned, you need to get saved because God's going to prune you. God, if he, he's working on you, amen. I got another set message I'm working on called I'm under construction. Amen. How many are under construction here tonight? He's working on me. And if he ever stops working on you, you need to get saved and get, get back to the Lord again because he's never going to stop working on you. He's like I-35. Amen. It'll never be done, but it's going to get better. And there's going to be some moments it looks like nothing's happening, but God is working. Amen. So it says every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. That what? It may bear more fruit. Some of you tonight are trying to switch into a different message. Some of y'all thinking, man, God's picking on me. God's growing you. God's growing you so he can bear more fruit in you. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Keep on reading. Abide. That means follow. That means stay with. Obey. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself 
unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Now watch this. For without me, without me, that's Jesus, capital M, you can do nothing. So I'm just quoting what Jesus said. Jesus only. Now he's mentioning the Father, but he's saying without me, you can do nothing. See, somehow, some way, in these teachings people give, they try to make God greater than Jesus or Jesus greater than God. They try to make them where, where one's greater than the other. They're equal. They're equal. They all have, they have their, their parts that are, that are important, that, that are necessary. Just like our body, soul, and spirit is necessary for our makeup. You can't remove one of them. We are three people. Some teach that we're five people. Amen. Some people have multi-personality personalities. Some people have feel they have more than five. We're just three. Amen. How many are with me? So he says, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, in him bears much fruit. Without me, you can do nothing. If anyone, there's that word again, does not abide in me. Watch this. He is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, here we go again, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so you will be my disciples. Now, if you go back to verse 1, John 15, 1, he said, I am the true vine. Again, he did not say, I am a vine. He said, I am the true vine. Now, now think about this. Just as, this is common sense, if the Bible says there are many people being deceived, there are many deceivers, that means people can be deceived. If Jesus says, I am the true vine, I am the true vine, that means that there are false vines. Right? Common sense. I'm the true vine, he says. That means if, if, there, if he's true, there has to be false for him to make him true. See, we say, how, how many ways are there? There's only one way. But if we didn't have other ways being preached, we wouldn't know what the way is. So the devil uses these teachings to get other things out there to confuse us, to pull us away. But there's only one way. Only one true vine. Now, in our lives, as I begin to close, in our lives, if we begin to grasp this, we begin to get this together in our spirits, our problem can be sometimes, and I, I thank God for that testimony from my mom because it was very true, very important. There are many things that we're blessed with in our lives, and a lot of times we, you know, uh, Third John says, I, he says, I wish that you would prosper in all things as your soul prospers. And so a lot of times we want to prosper, but we don't, we don't want to do what God asks us to do. God says, do what I ask you to do, and you will prosper. And so the same thing happens with us in our walk. Sometimes we look at God as a genie. We just think we can rub, that, rub the cup, and, and a genie pops out, and we ask God what he wants. That's, God's not a genie. He's a gardener. He's a gardener. 
and he's working on us. He's, and listen, gardening doesn't happen overnight. Fruit doesn't grow overnight. Beautiful trees don't grow overnight. Grass doesn't grow overnight. It, it takes time, church. And listen, everything flows from the vine. When you have the vine right in your life, blessings come. And then we begin to see that growing and green is a slow process. Has anybody recognized that? It's not an overnight thing. Now I want to close with this thought. In order, we saw there in verse 2, in order to grow, we have to have some cutting. God is going to be cutting. He's going to be working on us. He's going to be, he's going to be making sure that other things don't attach to us that are not truth. Lies, deceptions, things that sound good. We're living in those days right now where we're seeing false doctrines preached and and things are very similar and things are very close and it sounds right. And I always tell the guys this in discipleship. They don't put very much poison in rat poison. Very little. If they put too much rat poison in there, actual actual poison in that in that food that they that they used to kill a rat, he would smell it and he would not eat it. They put just enough in there to where it smells good, but it's just enough to kill them. And 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 that's what's so scary about so many teachings today that sound so close, but I'm telling you again, five out of six don't work with God can't believe some of the truth. You've got to believe all the truth. You have to understand that God is, Jesus is not a way. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And no one, no matter how much they talk or how much they write or how much they believe, they're not going to get to heaven without Jesus. And God himself said it. God himself said it. It's God's word. Got to take it all. It's all together. It all works together. Think about just two two things I was thinking of that fall short. How many know the story of Jericho? Okay, we we can't have half truths in our lives. How many times did they march around Jericho for those walls to fall? Shout it out. What if they'd have stopped at five? Wouldn't worked. What if they'd have gone six? Wouldn't have worked. Oh, man, we marched around those walls six times, God. God said, I said seven. I was going to knock that building down, but you, didn't, you stopped at six. Naaman goes to get his leprosy healed. And that prophet says, I want you to go dip five times. Five times. Dip. Dip in there. Was it five? No, seven as well. He said, I want you to go dip seven times. What if he just stopped at five? Would he have got his healing? What would he have got? A pat on the back for good works. No, nothing. He would have got nothing. He, you know what he got? He got a waste of his time. If we don't take this word and guard it and shield it and, 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 and take every word and put it to our heart and say, there's nothing I'm going to change in this book. There's nothing I'm going to add. There's nothing I'm going to take away. I'm going to take this word as it is. I'm going to take it all together. I'm going to get a truth. I, when I told you those doctrinal truths about the crucifixion and him being born of a virgin, I was just throwing out the, the idea of many scriptures that back up every single one of those. They're fundamental truths. Now, some of you in here might think, man, I know all that. 
But see, it's interesting to me when I read, as I go back to 2 John chapter 1, that says, many deceivers have gone out into the world. And this deceiver is the Antichrist. And he says, look to yourselves that we do not lose things we have worked for. So if he's saying abide, and he's saying look to yourselves that you do not lose, that means we have to guard this truth in our lives. Amen? Let's bow our heads and pray. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is salvation. The Bible says in the beginning was the Word. And the Word, which is the verb, which is Jesus, was God. And nothing made was made without the Word, which is the verb, which is Jesus, who is God. Everything comes from God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Church, remember as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed that Genesis says, let us make man in our image. Jesus didn't come along 2,000 years ago. Jesus always was. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes unto the Father except through me. And I said this on Sunday, I believe, and it's one of my favorite thoughts, and I'm going to stick with it. Jesus is the only one I've ever heard claim I've been to the other side. I've been to the other side, and I come back. I'm not going to put my faith in some dead prophet, some dead God. I'm not going to put my faith in some book. I'm not going to put my faith in some man. I'm going to put my faith in the Lord who says, I was dead, but I'm alive. And if you die and believe in me, you shall be with me because I have gone to hell for you. I have defeated death. I've defeated hell. I've defeated the grave. So my faith is in Jesus tonight. Jesus only. I cannot be saved without what Jesus did on the cross for me. Father, I pray tonight for truth to reign in our lives. I pray that we would be a church that understands the word of God, knows how to rightfully divide the truth, knows how to apply it. And I pray tonight in this place, God, as you are the vine and we are the vine dresser, as we are the branches of that vine. Lord, if we need pruning tonight, prune us. But I pray, Lord, that you would not cut us off. Father, the reason we get cut off is because we don't bear fruit. The reason we don't bear fruit is because we don't have the Father and the Son. Lord, we, we believe every word your Bible says. And we apply it to our lives. And we plead the blood of Jesus over us tonight. And we thank you for us to be able to take this truth outside of these four walls and tell other people there is no other way. There is no other ways. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Tonight in this place, as you're praying, if you've never said that prayer to say, Jesus, you are my salvation. You are the truth. You are the way. You are the life. If you're not saved tonight, you're not born again, 
I want you just to put your hand up and say, pray for me. I want to be saved tonight. I want to be born again tonight. I want, to, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to know him as Lord and Savior. I want to make sure that my heart is right with God tonight. Listen, God is not a God of condemnation. He's a God of conviction. If you're ever feeling condemned in your life, that's not God. Because Jesus draws you to him and says, son, daughter, we can fix this. Just repent. You've lost your faith. You've put your faith in other things. You've doubted. You Just, get, just put your faith back on me. Put your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith tonight. As we begin to close this service, I want to ask you to stand. It's Wednesday night. We're going to open up the altars. Church, my, my desire for you tonight is to have a strong understanding of who Jesus is. A strong understanding of what you believe. Not because I tell you it, but because it's in God's word. And that you understand if you don't understand everything, there's a lot of stuff that, you, that there's a lot of little things that you might might miss out. Oh, what about this? What about just get that? Just get that right there, and you won't, you won't miss the mark. Make sure you got Jesus right. You can get all the other things wrong, but if you get Jesus right, you're saved. Amen. He didn't say anything else. He said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life." Amen. He said, "Though you were dead, you shall live." Amen. Let's sing a song tonight. Let's find some time. Maybe you're praying for something else, praying for a family member, praying for whatever. Just come find a place. Let's spend a little bit of time with the Lord tonight. And let's just speak to God and just open up our hearts and say, Lord, thank you for putting your word in my heart that I would not sin against it tonight. In Jesus' mighty name, Father.